0: Right guys, we are live and I am here today with J.C.M. Byrne. He is the author of Wistful Ascending and I would like to welcome you guys to the Beard of Darkness book review channel. And how are you doing?
1: I'm great, Matt. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. I'm feeling um, absolutely. Thank you for coming. I feel honored. Uh, My pleasure. Absolutely. So after reading your book, I have to say that I never gave sci-fi and I had to look up what a space opera was. <laughs> I had to. I had no idea. I I almost misspelled it a few times and, and put soap opera. And, and and they have nothing to do They're with different. each other. Thank God. And I dove into your novel. And it was a little later than I thought that I would get to it. but Because my time management skills are being <laughs> sharpened at the moment. Wow. But when I did, I was not uh, disappointed. It Good. was fun. It was a... Breath of fresh air. And I am so glad that I I reached out to you and that I have this book in my possession.
1: Thank you. You know, it's funny. I think some people might argue with me about calling it a space opera because typically space opera is like an adventure, like they go places. And really, in Wistful Ascending, no one really goes very far. Like everything takes place in this one, like, you know, system. No one, like, you're not going from like planet to planet hopping around. So in that sense, it's not really a space opera, but it fits the tone more of an action adventure story. And not, it's not like, it's not like an in-depth examination of like the effect of technology on everyday life in the future. Right. Like that's not what this book is about. Sure. You know? so in that way it really is a space opera. So I don't so, know. I call it that.
0: Well, I think that it after doing my research, because I always kind of go and do my research behind any book that I read, um, and especially the subgenre that I'm getting into, because still after, you know, two and a half years, I'm still pretty new to uh the subgenres of what they <laughs> consist of. Right. And I really enjoyed the fact that the Wistful was like a home. I, I felt really homey. You know, I, yeah. I, I used in the past the inn and tavern, like the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. It always mm-hmm. makes me feel warm and cozy. And at first, the Wistful wasn't that because I didn't know what to do. To how to view it or how to really take it, but as I read your book, it began. It's like, oh, they're at the Wistful. They're okay. They're shopping or they're eating together yeah. or they're meeting new alien races. It was just really fun.
1: Well, I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole like setup for the story is you know Rohan is like this retired soldier. He's done things that he you know that, that haunt him a little bit. You know, not 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 to, to huge extent, but. Um, and so like, where, where are you going to go? Right. And like, so if he was in some place that wasn't sort of uh, comforting or homey, he wouldn't really like he had the whole galaxy at his fingertips. He went, he, he, you know, I'm thinking of it I, backwards. Right. He tried to find a place that was going to be like comforting and like where he could try to live like a relaxed life. So right. a great big space station that's out in the middle of nowhere with nothing. And of course, you know, if, if nothing had happened, if he had just lived a quiet life, there wouldn't be a book
0: right? Right.
1: Exactly. know, he can't, he, it's not going to work. Right. He can't, mm-hmm. he can't find his quiet life and then just live it. I mean, I'm not writing legends and lattes where all he does is like tow ships and like yeah. drink coffee and like meet people that, that might be an interesting book in itself, but that's not what I wanted to write. So he's, yeah. he's trying to go someplace kind of comforting. And I want to be, you know, it's also like, um, you know, the stakes, uh, you know, I, 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 I their books were like people die and the characters are in mortal danger all the time and I'm like I wanted something a little more um, casual, like a little more a little softer, a little easier, right? You you should not be super tense every second in this book. Is he gonna? Is he about to die? Is everyone gonna get destroyed? Like that's not what's happening. You know, it's a lot more uh, laid back. And, I
0: enjoyed um, that so much. I really did. I enjoyed it because I, I was it. like following that story and you start to empathize with the main character Rohan. As he, you know, he talks about his little living quarters that he's in and (laughs) he he just wants to kind of sleep and just, you know, do his day to day job. And he always gets pulled in these different directions and it makes it fun. Like when you say it's a little less adventurous, I wouldn't say I would say that because he does go on adventures. And when he does, it's meaningful. It's um, captivating (laughs) and and it's often humorous. And the one liners are great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I I have to write like uh, a lot of jokes because uh, otherwise I get bored. If I've tried to write books that are like serious, and I can't stick to them, like mm. I don't have discipline. Like if I'm not like putting the quips in there, then I get bored of what I'm doing and I can't write. Like I literally, I've tried.
0: Individualism but, uh, is is something special that oh. the human the human psyche and and how we're all different. People Each person.
1: And it really doesn't work for everyone, right? There are people for the, whom the humor doesn't work, and I always tell them, like if you've read Whistleful Sending and you think the jokes aren't funny, you should probably stop, because I'm sure. not going to stop telling them, right? And if they don't work for you, that's fine. We can be friends, right? I'm not mad, but but they're not going away. Like uh, I sent it, I sent my recent book to a beta reader, and one of them's like, "There's too much like sarcastic humor in this. Like if you took too that much. out, the tone would come through better." And I'm like, "Oh, that's not going to happen." Like you know, thank you for the yeah. suggestion. That is never right. Yeah, right. You know, like you're looking for a. You know, you're. I mean, the guy did me a favor. He beta read for me and told me his honest opinion, which is good. That's what Mm. I wanted to hear. But he just basically was telling me he's not my reader. You know. Okay, and and oftentimes
0: from I hear that's that's very. You know, sometimes that might not be. You know, I don't know as an author, but Mm -hmm. that's constructive criticism at its. um, I guess hardest to take, but maybe at its most. Um, revealing because now you can tell him I'm probably not going to switch up my style Right. Maybe, you, maybe you're not the right reader or and then on the other hand when somebody absolutely enjoys it like I did maybe you should continue reading it because you know I am who I am and I'm going to keep writing the way that I write
1: I mean that's the trick right you have readers who are your readers who are telling you like this scene didn't work maybe you should fix it you have to figure out oh, maybe I should fix it then you have someone telling you take the humor out it'll be a better story and you're like oh, I'm going to ignore that one, right? Like, I'm not, and as a writer, you've got to sort of, because people are going to give you all sorts of feedback, you know, and you have to figure out, um, some of it I'm going to ignore. I'm going to say, nope, that's not the story I want to tell. A lot of people uh, wanted me to sort of dump all the information about, like, the world and stuff early in, like, the first couple chapters. Mm. Like, a big dump, like, this, just explain it all. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that, right? I want to, you kind of get eased in. You get little trickles of information, and the, ideally, you're still finding things out in book four, you know, those details. And instead of just dumping them all in the beginning, I'm like, no, I'm going to, I appreciate that that may, you may have wanted that, but that's not happening. <laughs> so, not one
0: thing do. that I said, I was telling my wife, like, at first, it's really hard to imagine um, the wistful yeah. being as big as it is. And at first, you're a little overwhelmed. But as you continue to read, it becomes something that you can imagine slowly. And honestly, you did it great. You, you did a brilliant job at, at slowly weaning people into it, at least me as a reader. And it coming up with this vision that is absolutely enthralling. Like, <laughs> it sounds amazing to live on the wistful. It really does. Yeah,
1: yeah. A couple million people, right? Kilometers long, right? They're yeah. voted in diamond. And and. You know, I took a lot of inspiration from, like, TV shows, like Babylon 5 and, like, Deep Space Nine had big space stations. This is before before your time, but. (laughs) That's okay. I'm older than you, so I watched these when these came out. And, um, you know, you put in a bunch of different restaurants on on a place and, like, uh, you know, you, you can give this sense of, you know, you don't have to you don't have to map it out. Like I don't have a, a piece of graph paper somewhere where like in this restaurant is here and this one's here. Mm. You, know, like, you don't need that. You just have to say, Oh, they go to a place. And I think if you make it
0: more specific, different. it's going to be harder to imagine Like, if, if you're like, okay, so you have to map this out specifically in your brain rather than letting the reader come up with their own version of it. Perspective is, is so key in, in many of these fantasy or sci-fi novels mm-hmm. that we're reading it, it, it really leaving it up to the reader to come up with their own version of it, I think, is a benefit 100%. And that's what you did by slowly incorporating all the different areas of the Wistful. Yeah. And Bards and Books says, I had fun binge reading the first three books. By the way, the covers keep getting better and better.
1: Yeah. Usman, check your Discord. Book four is in your inbox.
0: All right, man. I'm
1: in the box today. I'm actually in a very strange, like, psychological place because I've been all week, I've been doing like the final read through and final edits and like, Capturing the last few missing commas or whatever, and today I like hit the button, you know, and I I published the epubs and I sent them to reviewers.
0: I seen your post today, and I said yeah. I ha- I made a note to to make um comment of that because I saw the the person's um e reader yeah. with you know your arc on there, and that has to be really cool. I'm sure it's equally as stressful, but. You know, essentially you've got something you've created. You've got your baby out in the world and people are reading the words that you took the time and your passion to write. And gosh, me, as somebody who wants to write a book and I've started one, I I know it's going to take a while and how much work you guys put into it as indie authors and just the respect I have um, and the realization of what it really takes uh, has been um, refreshing. I know that I, I look at all these indie authors and there's so many of them and, and every single one of them are so passionate and they work so hard. And I think once you take that step to say, okay, this is the version I want people to read and it's pretty close to what I'm going to drop on this, you know, publication date. I really yeah. respect that. So I'll
1: give you some advice as if you want to write books, a couple things you things that are universal, right? First of all, your first draft is not going to be good. No one's first draft is good. That doesn't mean your final book won't be good, but your first draft won't be. So just accept that. Write it. Sure. And you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be stuff in there that's crap. It's going to happen. Every single person. Second is like writing's a team job. Like you have, you look at my book. There's really my name on it. Maybe you'll see the cover, right? You read the acknowledgements though. And you realize there's a whole lot of people that I, you know, talk about in the acknowledgements, but you don't have to read it. But I'm just saying, if you did, Right, there's a whole lot of people I mentioned, like the editors, and like, hey, it's uh, Matt, other Matt, I think, right? Matt Penn, Pim-
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, he does go read books. Oh, yeah. he, he, uh, he, you, you JCM Burn, by me reading your Wistful Ascending, and his influence has got me into sci fi. So okay. he's really <laughs> like, um, Red Rising, and that's actually, I just got that, and it's one of the first traditionally. Yeah, it's one of the first traditionally published books I've bought in a while, but yeah, he loves sci-fi. So I, I know he wants to jump into that world you've got. And I, re- I I highly recommend it. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of good sci-fi out there. There's a lot of well, yeah. But yeah, so so team effort. So you're gonna need beta readers, you're gonna need other writers to help you, and and that's totally that that's true for everyone. So that, those are my two pieces of advice. When you when so when you're ready to to to, to write and take it seriously hit us up for, because uh, you have a whole community yeah. now, right? That maybe you didn't have a year ago or two years 100%. ago. You know? And uh, that's a tremendous resource and it's free. We're free, right? You can hit us up on Discord and say, you know, why is this paragraph working? Like that's not, you know, no one's going to charge you for that.
0: It's you know? valuable. It's so bad. V- and that's really, I try to explain to my wife kind of what I'm, I'm doing when I open the channel. And I know you asked me before we come on, but I, I kind of forgot this point. You know, when I, because I'm very passionate about literature, whether it's fantasy or classic, uh, you know, traditional fiction, whatever it is. Um, But if you have gained a following, if you've got people on your side who are willing to critique you, I mean, that can only benefit you in the end. Um, Am I right?
1: 100%. I mean, writing my fourth book was a, well, this is fifth. My fourth book hasn't come out yet but Shadow of our Parents is the fifth book I really wrote in like the last five years. And um, it was very different than when I wrote was full ascending, right? I had a whole bunch of people where I could go on Twitter and be like, who wants to beta read this? And I had a whole bunch of people who were like, yeah, we, 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 you beta read for us. We're your friends. We've read the first few books and liked them, whatever people are volunteering. You know, I, I didn't have that community, that, that support group and you can ask your friends in real life and that's great. And I appreciate real life friends who have done it but it's not always the same level of feedback you get from a, from a writer or a person who's really into like the genre. Like I have friends who have read my books who have like, ne- don't really read sci-fi or fantasy. And like, they gave mm-hmm. me really, I'm grateful to them, but like their feedback wasn't as targeted as people who are writing in the genre right there. Sure. It's, it's a different level of understanding uh, uh, for the most part. So it's been, it's been, it's, it's been really nice, you know, and, uh, 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 have everything in place there, and you know, you learn what you're doing. It also helps. Like, I'm not stressed about how to get it onto Amazon. I've done it. You know, I've done it four times. You know, all that sure. stuff. They know the system already, so uh, I have I have a plan. So you know, uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been a really really rewarding one.
0: That's awesome, play. man. I really um, envy that, and I hope to one day uh, be right where you are. You know, being uh, asked to do interviews. I'll have you so on my he,
1: interviewing you about your your debut yeah.
0: man I, i'm looking forward to it i promise that sounds amazing so right? when when you're not writing what do you what do you do what are your hobbies what are you into
1: um i've done a lot of martial arts i've done a lot less since covet started and then like mm. uh, i'm not in the right like geographical kids i have a lot of excuses but uh i don't work out nearly as much as i should i used to i i have done a lot in my life um uh, so what do I do now? Um, I do, uh, I don't, do, you know, honestly, not a, month, not a lot, I feel bad. Like I have a day job, you know, I'm a software developer, it takes some time. Um, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I'm a software developer. So I work from home, which really helps because, you know, if okay. I do my job and then I had to commute into the, into into Manhattan every day to do it, that's another, that would be an extra, I would be an extra three hours a day, right, on the trains. Mm. So instead I work mostly from home, so I don't have, you know, that gives me a lot of time to do stuff. And then I've got, um, I travel a lot because my, um, my, uh, my, I, am in my second marriage and my kids from my first marriage are in a different state. So okay, I go that's down down. Be hard. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, yeah, yes. But I, I go down to see my kids, my, my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't have kids from, you know, so my kids from my first marriage. I go down to see them quite a bit. That's like a lot of driving and then unpacking, you know, and all Sure, that. yeah. that takes a lot of time and energy out. Um, and then what else do I do? I like I like I do some light hiking, like really light, like you know, like you, you would like where I live then. Well you're you're out you're out and back in like an hour, an hour and a half, not like not like packing a tent and I don't do that, you know. I'm Doing
0: not, the primitive thing, right? Where you yeah. have to like start your own fires and
1: it's not me. I, <laughs> it sounds great, but it's not me. I'm uh I'm a it i am i am ai want to stay in the hotel with the jacuzzi and then just right. go for an easy walk in the morning or something. I so, think
0: that I can relate to that 100%. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've watched Naked and Afraid a few times. And, boy, it's starting to fire. Really, even if they're, like, so confident about it. Like, oh, I bet when I get out there, I'm going to start this fire better than anybody." It, uh, it's a challenge, man. Primitive camping and all that, that's a challenge. It's really um,
1: it's something skill- that you
0: strive to do.
1: It's a whole skill set you have to learn. I have tremendous respect for people who go on overnight hikes or people who hunt. You know, that's that takes a lot of, like, knowledge that I don't have. And I'm not sure. interested in acquiring it, but I'm like, uh, you know, that's not what I want to do with my life. I'm just, uh, let me go sleep in a comfortable bed. And then yeah. uh, when I want to see the nature, let me go where I can park and then walk half an hour and I'm in nature. And that's all I want. Absolutely. And then, and then so, I post pictures to Instagram and that's my, that's my hobby, I
0: guess. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, that's absolutely awesome. That's acceptable. I, that's great, man. And, and of so, course I,
1: you know, I read and I read manga and I read, you know, I watch anime and I, and I read science fiction and fantasy, you know, all the, that I've been doing my whole life, you know, I've been into Manga
0: Manga is something that I'm, I'm just getting my interest in. Just like before, when I, before I read your book, like sci-fi. So I guess my biggest, um, if you hear a baby in the background, I got kids, man. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so berserker or berserk, um, is one that I've been, I'm in the really dark stories and, and look at that, man. That's awesome.
1: I'm in a. Um, I'm in a uh, with uh, uh, Steve from he had a he had a YouTube channel channel Steve talks books. Uh-huh. Um, it's not all up anymore, but he he was and we do a uh, podcast uh, where we read a volume of Berserk pretty much every week, and we talk about it with like a little group. This is not the volume we're on, but these are you know I I was in Berserk when I, mean, I was reading this stuff twenty years ago.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know. It. See, me being, again, kind of new to this, I didn't know it's been around that long. And all I heard was it's like it's really dark. I love dark stories. I, I'm just naturally drawn to them. So that's kind of like my newest interest, I guess, I say, I would say.
1: Berserk is really dark and really good. Um, and But you have to give it a few volumes. The first two or three volumes are OK, like the ones this size. The first three are fine. You'll enjoy it. But then it really gets going after that. Um, but I really like Berserk. I again, I read it when it came out. But I was re- I was I was around when manga and anime were first coming to the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, you, you know, people were like buying laser discs from Japan and like recording them onto VHS tapes, and then recording them onto other VHS and selling them. And we were watching them in our dorms and stuff. It was you know a different era. You have it easy now, man. You can just. You can just stream stuff and it has subtitles or dubs, you know. Yeah, have-
0: I remember that. I do. I remember. I, and it's it's funny because I was, I think, in getting ready to maybe graduate high school or a little before. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of my buddies that I played football with were really into it. And the first thing that I learned about it just from seeing them read it, I was like, dude, it's backwards. Why do you, what do you, What's going on here? I said, how are you reading that book backwards? I just couldn't understand it. And yeah. it's funny because, you know, now that it's been around for a while, we've seen that that's that's kind of a normal thing now. And and it's really cool. It's different.
1: Yeah, you get used to it. If I pick up, uh, I don't even think twice about it anymore. You know, after 30 years worth of reading manga, you know, like reading it from the back is, is becomes second nature. But there's a lot of good stories, you know, in Japan. In this country for a long time, com- comics were for kids, and cartoons were even more so for kids, mm-hmm. and Japan just never really had that. They they've been writing, you know, they've had comics and cartoons for grown-ups all along. Wow! So 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 and 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 you know, they're a manga for everybody. Like, there's a lot of manga that are for girls. Like okay. About, about like what you would think of as stereotypical girl topics, like about people who are getting into the fashion industry. Okay. Like because anyone will, they don't have the, you know. It's less so now but like when I was a kid like girls wouldn't read comics right comics were for boys and they were for only for young boys and like they were about superheroes and that was it and Japan never had that like uh bias right so they have comics that were aimed at grown-ups and aimed at females and they just so, I think
0: something so cool is learning about other cultures and how um, you can't just there's no source social norm that is like equal about about every country so. Learning yeah. another country's social norm, I think, is so interesting. And, mm-hmm. and and learning that in itself makes me want to read it more.
1: And that helps as a science fiction writer, right? Because the more different cultures you know about and how they do things, the more the more of what you realize, like, OK, this thing that everyone in my town does isn't actually the way every human is or every sentient being like it's just in my town, like other countries do things differently. So an alien might do it even more differently yeah she sort of like try to think about you know how you know what, what kind of the different you know diversity you know can i put in my not that i'm doing the best job other people do a better job of that than i do sometimes i get lazy i just realized yeah. that i don't i don't really have much in the way of like religion for my a lot of my aliens they're just sort of like if they if they pray it's sort of off screen i'm like a, i need to dig into that a little more um because you know if there's aliens some a lot of them are going to worship and they probably won't do it the way we do, you know, so I got to I got to stick some of that in, in a future book.
0: Indie authors i found are so self-critical and um, I should put that in. <laughs> later. And, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I was just saying, like, I keep thinking of things that I have to, like, stick in, like, oh, maybe in book five I can add this thing. That I
0: right, have. right. I can imagine that like say you're going to uh, Walmart or you're just taking a hike, like you was talking about earlier, you find these certain things. It's like, maybe that would be really cool in a book. I can't, I can oh, imagine that that happens quite frequently.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah. shadow of Hyperion is coming out.
1: When's it released? September 12th. Oh, you got the little scroll. It's great. Yeah. September 12th, mm-hmm. assuming everything goes well, which it should. Uh, ARCs went out today, if there are reviewers listening who have not yet asked me, who need an ARC, but uh, I'll say it really only makes sense to read it if you've read the first three, because they're they're in order. So I'm always happy to give review copies of Wistful Ascending to people, and if they like it, I'm happy to give them a review copy of the Return of the Griffin uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to book, you know, influencers, reviewers, you know, people with shit, whatever, anyone, really just people who ask. Um, so it went out to a bunch of people today. So right now I'm very stressed because I'm waiting for people to have read it and I'm waiting for their reactions. And like I, I think it's good, right? Because I wrote it and you know I tried to write a good book. But sometimes you write things and it doesn't always like hit with your audience the way. You, I mean, there's not an author out there who's had every book's better received than the last one. You I know, mean, everyone has. You know ups and downs over their career sure. i don't know you
0: see, you see this a lot with you know obviously like robert jordan or somebody with a really long series um people get readers get very critical and maybe kind of lose the perception of the author and that um and what your your goals are with the series um which kind of brings me to my next question rohan Rohan how do you how should I pronounce that I, I like Rohan that's kind of what I, I go to in my head as I'm reading but who gave you the inspiration for his character because he is a dynamic you feel empathetic towards him and, and you're just drawn to him from the
1: beginning yeah um a lot of, a lot of places and and a lot of it wasn't really conscious but like and then someone will say like oh remember this comic you read once I'm like oh Oh, that's exactly like Rohan, right? So the fundamental structure of like this this guy who's like, um, like a like a very competent like mar- like fighter like violent like person, very good at violence, who has sort of like left the military and they're trying to live a quiet life. That's all in a lot of places. That, I, I didn't invent that, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh Kenshin, you know, uh, which is a, another manga that's that's wa- very popular, uh, very similar plot. The guy was like, you know. A, a terrifying soldier you know with swordsmen and he's just trying to be quiet refusing to kill anymore um but there's a lot of places we've seen with like the retired soldier you know even like uh like uh like what is it like rambo is mm-hmm. that story right like i don't know if you've seen yeah. Rambo movies right, absolutely just alone right like that's that's kind of his story right he's not he's not trying to get involved in combat he's trying to live in the but he gets pulled into stuff because otherwise there's no movie. Uh, not first blood. First blood was a little, little different storyline, but the, but the sequels, Rambo and Rambo three. You know, that's so the storyline. And then um, I made them Indian because I'm a huge fan of Bollywood movies, and I just wanted to yeah. give like a nod and a wink to a lot of these action, you know, Bollywood movies that I've watched. So specifically, movies from like South South, south uh, um, the Telugu region, movies from different parts. of I mean, India is really big. You know, yeah. Like, you know, so in this country, we don't necessarily know all the different movies, like there's several different places where movies are made, like a number of them, and the movies aren't the same. They, they have like a different flavor. And so movies from a certain region of India, they always have these like very overpowered main characters. And it's like, how cool are they going to look when they like beat up the band? It's not like they're going to lose, but you're just like, how cool are they going to look? in fight? No, it's like, and they're very, they're super competent, And I wanted to give a little nod to that. So that's where his origin came from. And the sense of humor is just how I write characters. I don't. I don't have a choice.
0: As I, the way that I took it as I read it, it was the the play on humor was more directed at you as an author, maybe your sense of like your personality, or how you kind of like it to to interpret things. And that's how I took it. Um, so I'm, I just assume that in real life, you're a guy that likes to crack jokes and have. Re- you had really good one-liners. They had me cracking up. They were really good. Um, like cliche. Or, not cliches, but um, similarities between yeah. what we talk about on a day-to-day basis and kind of mixed in your own way.
1: I mean, everything Rohan says pretty much is something I would, well, not not when he's being intimidating, but when he's being funny, that's me. Um, but like, it's me, but but with the advantage of, you know, in real life, you don't think of all the quips right away in the middle of a conversation, right? But it, right. And I'm, when you write a book, I can set up a scene and then I can put the book, you know, I can put my computer away. And think about it for a day and come back with a, with a one-liner, right? And it's yeah. like, okay, comes back right away with it. But I'm like, I can't always do that in a real conversation.
0: Yeah, it's out. like, uh, how, do I have time to premeditate? And as an author, you do because you kind of set the scene up. It's like, what would make this sound great? In my head, that's kind of how it would go.
1: I can take weeks if I want to write one line, you know? And no one knows. When the book comes out, you're just reading. You read the next line. It's like right away.
0: It comes <laughs> across the same.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that. that all the observational stuff is is stuff that I would pretty much stuff that I would say uh, and wordplay, you know, and I don't plan any of that. It just comes out when I write it.
0: I think that makes it funny because, you know, when you draw comparisons to things in a funny way, I mean, how can you get funnier than that? You know, in real life, we, we often don't do that automatically. So when we hear somebody's perspective based on, you know, you've got this situation, how can we make that funny? And it, it really works. And um, that's really what I enjoyed a lot about it. it. It hooked me right away. And so the hybrid helix is the series you're writing. Yep. How many installments do you really plan on having in it? Do you have a set number or do you kind of.
1: I love this idea? question. So, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's a lot. I I, I, I generally know. Uh, would this be more sci-fi fantasy or a mix? It's definitely a mix. Go reads books is asking. It's definitely a mix. So in my, my, uh, I define these terms in very specific ways in my mind. So, to me, sci fi is um, you know, you have all this miraculous stuff happens because of advanced technology. In fantasy, all this miraculous stuff happens because of magic. Mm-hmm. And in a mix, you can have miraculous things happening for both reasons. And that's exactly what I have, right? So, Moh- Rohan's powers are fundamentally magical. I don't think I use that word, but they are. He doesn't have like cybernetic implants, he has yeah. magical powers because of how he was born. And it's not biological. It's not like his skin is really thick, or it's not. It's not physical. It's metaphysical. Uh, that's not the right use of that word. I know I'm a philosopher, but it's close mm-hmm. enough. There, he's dead. It's magical powers, and there's advanced technology. There's like you know, uh, sentient space station has an artificial you know brain. That's a you know, it's a very advanced computer. It's an artificial intelligence. It's fundamentally a computer, right? So yeah. it's both. It's both to advanced. It's like uh, Marvel comics right? The Marvel universe has that, right? You have Iron Man with his fancy, you know, powered armor right next to Thor, who's a god, who's yeah. Batman, right? who's Dr. Strange, literally, he's a magician, right? So, and these guys are standing right next to each other in a fight, and that's what I'm doing. I'm doing exactly that. So, it's science, I call it science fantasy. The amount
0: heard. of races that you brought into this, uh, it was, yeah. I, I loved it because, Almost every different person that you meet or as you meet through Rohan, I would like to say, you know, you find these people with different colored skin and horns. And I found myself, it, it sounds like maybe overwhelming if i am you hear me saying this, but the way that you write it, every time that person speaks, you can vision them. And um, it was really fun in an imaginative way. It really broadened my horizons as far as that.
1: Thank you. I'm sorry Matt, Matt, you were asking me about how many, uh, uh, how, many volu- how many books? Yep. so I have a big story in mind. I don't have it plotted down to the book. Like I generally know where I want things to go over time. I know I want things to end, I have an end planned. So I sell people 25 books, but I don't really have a 25 book plan. you know it might be 22, it might be 17. I don't it might even be like 15 where I'm like, oh, I can wrap this up here, I don't know. but I'll end it. like there's an end point. And I'll get there and I'll say, this is the last book where, you know, the story's ending and I'll, I'm promising that to my, my readers, right? I'm not yeah. call George R. R. Martin and Spencer. 12- yeah.
0: No, that's and, important.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to finish the series. There will be an ending and uh, you know, you may not, and people might, might or might not, I can't promise everyone will like it, but I can promise that if I survive, uh, uh, I will, I will, I will finish the series and it's going to, and I'm aiming for a big, a big, uh, you know, I, I think about, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the Dresden Files. by J. Yeah, J. absolutely. To me, the, in terms of like the structure of the series, each book is a standalone, has a beginning, middle, and end. It really wraps up its story. But things change from book to book also. Mm. right? Like, uh, you know, he gains new powers and new alliances and meets new people and the characters shift and the relationships shift. That's what I'm doing. So things change from book to book, but each book is a self-contained story.
0: So you don't read, really,
1: people don't, people don't read with soul sending and get to the end. They're like, it's a cliffhanger. Like that shouldn't happen. Right. It's story right
0: yeah. And I think that, uh, people respect that answer that you just gave a lot better than, you know, I'm just not really sure or this or that, because there's, and we all know those authors who have done that and, and they get a lot of controversy, whether that's good or bad. I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to really comment on it. You know, uh, a lot of the series that I'm speaking of, I haven't read yet, so I don't have that passion behind my opinion. Um, But now that I've started yours and want to continue reading your series, uh, that is a respectful answer. I I really enjoyed that. That's a great answer. Um, I guess one of my favorite questions is, you know, I've read some of your stuff now. I know kind of how you write your prose and you've got humor in it. Who are, I guess, maybe three authors or books that who maybe influenced you to start writing or had an influence in how you write?
1: I'm going to say Jim Butcher. I really like the Dresden files. Uh, I don't like it. I I like everything I've, his that I've read. I don't Mm. love everything of his that I've read, but I like it all, but I really like the Dresden files. I like, like I said, the structure. I like, I like, like a a series where you get into a character and you can like book after book really live in that world. Um, Who else? Um, I really was influenced to write, and I by R. A. Salvatore. So, uh, okay. A. Salvatore, okay, so he um, he wrote a he. I think he's got his start writing like D and D books, like Forgotten Realms books.
0: Didn't know that.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, for like the Drizzt to Erden is a Forgotten Realms character, like this mm. this dark elf who he's a good guy, and he, and, and and I read a lot of. Uh, I think those, that, that's how Salvatore got famous. I'm not actually sure that's the first things he wrote, but that's that's what he was known for early in his career. He's done his own stuff too. Um, I really like those. Those really motivated me to write. I don't really know why, but th- I started writing my own stuff when I was reading Salvatore. And I thought, this is cool. I can do something like this. And then um, another guy is probably Stephen Brust. Stephen Brust writes this series called The Jereg. It's J-H-E-R-E-G. And it's about this like guy who's like an assassin in a fantasy world.
0: I'm writing this down as you go, because I, I respect anything you're suggesting, man. I'm I'm, I'm glad that uh, I don't know a couple of well, books, what you're talking about. So I'm excited to research that after.
1: I, I would try. I would try some Jared books. Those are those are good. Um, Salvatore's. um you know, there, there are books that resonate with you at a certain time in your life. And then maybe you look back on them later and you don't always think they're um, a Diving Moment, great, oh, okay, uh, great, great book. I don't know, did I read, I read Homeland, yes, yes, yes. The Drizzt books are good, but there's also like 50 of them. And I don't know that you need to read them all to get the gist of the character and like what he's trying to do with that story. I think yeah. it's probably worth reading one or, you know, the first three maybe, and then and then decide for yourself. Um, he's a little bit of a, uh, you know, he, he pumps him out.
0: You know, I, there's a couple people that I've been kind of anxious. To, uh, sorry about the crying in the background, guys. Hey, uh, um, really, I'm a dad. I do okay, never, apologize awesome. to me,
1: never apologize to me for a for a kid doing kid stuff where their kids are supposed to be. Never.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I've got a four year old, a two year old and a one year old boy. And I've got my first daughter on the way. She'll be here in October.
1: I, I, I always hate it when I'm in like a supermarket and the kid's crying and the mom looks at me and says she's sorry. And I'm like, do not apologize to me because your kid is being a kid this the sport?
0: best answer you can give a parent in that moment like, by like, the way
1: come on. like come on like that's i i i've been that you know I, my kids are older because i'm older right like mm. my kids crying in the background something's really wrong because my son's 15. You know? I mean, yeah uh, it's like let's like, stop not, real
0: quick something's going on
1: something, but something has to be really wrong if he's crying in the background right but anyway i'm sorry Go ahead.
0: no 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 no, absolutely so i've heard of the the d-r-i-z-t oh, right or zzt
1: I think it's D-R-I-Z-Z-T, and then his last name is like D-O-apostrophe-U-R-D-E-N. I, think. I just want to
0: make sure we were thinking of the same wow. book. Yeah, that's same, so yeah. that's it's a series. No and, then you've, and then you've got, um, oh my goodness, The Color of Magic is the beginning of it. I, um The Discworld, Discworld.
1: I um, have not read Terry Pratchett, and I really should
0: Yeah, Terry Pratchett. So I just ordered uh, The Color of Magic. So oh, nice. just kind of speaking yeah. on those of which have written many many books that are also standalones which is freaking impressive if you ask me because yeah there, I mean there's going to be easter eggs of course but to keep each book in that series like a standalone that has to be a feat yeah. you know that has to be well planned
1: it's hard oh well, yeah yeah i know what i'm doing is hard for me <laughs> that's all i can say i find cuz every book it's got to advance the overall storyline it's going to tell you more things about the overall world that you want the audience to know. It's got to move the whole storyline forward. And it still has to stand, has a, its own arc that gets resolved in the book. And it's very tricky. I don't, like I say, it's hard. I don't know that I pull it off. I mean, I guess people have to read like a lot of them and go, yes, you pulled it off. Other people have to decide. But uh, sure. it's, a lot, it's, a, it's just a lot to think about. And I did write a standalone book, like, in, like, a, like not in a series. Uh, in the fall, that's gonna come out sometime this fall. As soon as I get oh, like cool. the cover together, it's a straight up fantasy novel, and it's a one and done. Right? Uh, like, okay, could be a sequel, but that doesn't need to be. Like it's a story, and uh, it was just so so much easier. <laughs> I was like,
0: oh, I, I kind of complacent with one of the questions I was gonna ask you later. But uh, that's awesome, man. So it basically you saw yourself writing more than just you know a soap opera or a sci-fi. You love fantasy also.
1: I do love fantasy. The first books I ever wrote were fantasy. Oh, you know, man, like cool. they're in a trunk somewhere. They'll never see the light of day. But <clears> in the late 90s, I thought I was gonna be a, a professional writer. And I wrote uh two no- two two and a half novels. They were straight up fantasy. Uh, they were in the in the world where I dm you know, like D, basically, you know. Uh,
0: that's awesome. My own,
1: my own magic system, but but um yeah, so those books just I still have them on a disc somewhere, I'm sure. Um so I, I, I love fantasy. I probably read at least as much fantasy as science fiction um, uh, in my life, I, I think. Uh, so, yeah. And I wrote a fantasy novel um, in the fall. Uh, really, yeah. on the spur of the moment, I got an idea. And from the time I got the idea to the time I started writing, it was like just a couple weeks. And uh, it's being edited by uh, my... my uh, thank you. Yeah, you don't know the sweat I go through uh, when you're not there, Bo. <laughs> but um, so that fantasy novel should come out in the next couple of months. I don't have the time yet. I don't have a cover yet, and uh, my editor is still working on it. And when I get it back from my editor, I don't really know what she's going to tell me. If she's going to say, just clean up a few things, or she's going to say, you have to do major work. This has got to be stressful. What... Yeah, it is. But at least, the thing about that is, like, no one's expecting it, because it's, it's not part of a series. So I... Like whenever I get it done, it'll be done, and I'm not in a hurry.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that maybe that's kind of something you may in this long series that you plan on writing. Maybe a little bit of escape from the stress of that.
1: I, I you're exactly right, right? I felt like, um, because it, it was less pressure, right? You're not meeting up the expectations of a previous book because there is no previous book, and you're not right. trying to set up the next book because there's no next book, so you just do it, and it was refreshing. It was like a little a bit of a mental break. And I came back from writing that book, and when I wrote Shadow of Hyperion, it was actually like I felt refreshed.
0: Sure. Uh, yeah, nice. I can see that for sure.
1: So I might do more of those. I don't really know. I don't have I have a plan for a fantasy, another fantasy series that's a little more light, uh than that I might I might get to. I don't know. You know, you know, it's it's one nice thing, right? Being self-pub.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was. I, was, I was telling my wife that this morning, like. The, the you know traditionally published or being self-pub you know the, the cons and pros of, of both and uh, to me and tell me if I'm wrong as wow. a uh, self-pub author you've kind of got the creative advantage in my book you've got your idea of what you want to write You're not necessarily on any deadline but your own um, you kind of choose when and where you, you publish it and when you want to talk about it, if you're ready, if you're not ready. Um, so that's kind of how I explained it to my wife. Am I right or
1: wrong? You're hundred percent right. So, but there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a lot of pluses, some small downsides, right? Like because you can write whatever you want. Like just for example, like like take the hyperhelix, right? If mm-hmm. I had gone tra- tradition, if let's say I tried, I, I wasn't going to get an offer, but let's say I had, if let's say Wistful Sending came out and it didn't sell great, like Return of the Griffin would never have made it to, to stores. <laughs> there you go. Right. Like um, like I can write the series and I can say, you know what, I'm going to write 22 books or 25 books. No one can stop me. But if I was a traditionally published, I'd have to count on them renewing my contract and agreeing to publish the the, 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 the series, which they often don't. Lots of mm. series, you know, they write one or two books and then they get canceled because it's wow, really record. oh all the time like author that's one of the reasons you don't get a lot of 25 book series you do in certain genre you there's no promise right if you don't sell they they stop printing them right it's but gotta i be
0: think to be stressful
1: as long, as long as i'm willing to pay for my own cover artist and put it on amazon like no one can stop me from releasing 25 books like it's up that's to incredible me, right it's up to just me so like and like no one can say, you know, we don't like the direction this is going in. It's like too it's too violent or not violent enough, or there's too much sex or too little sex. No one can tell me that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if someone says they want, oh, take out some of the jokes, there's too many, like no one can make me do anything. You get a publishing deal from like Tor and they say we want the violence to be grittier or less, whatever they tell you, you've got to kind of do it. So- is it really
0: yours after that though? Like that's kind of what I was telling my wife earlier, too. Like if you got if you have a publisher and they're telling you I want you to add this or subtract this. And maybe you didn't do this right. It it must be hard as an author to really consider that yours, if you didn't have that concept in your mind in the first place, that now is being kind of made for you to, to put in or subtract.
1: I mean, I'm not going to tell a traditionally published author that the book's not theirs, but there is definitely that tension you're talking about, right? Like my editor can say, well, you should change this sentence. Mm. and I can say no. Right. But right. usually with my editors, if they say you should change the sense, I'm usually like, oh, your way is better at expressing what I wanted to express. So I'll change it. Right. Because okay. if you find people who you work well with, they get what you're trying to do in your story and their suggestions make them better. You're, they get your voice better. Right. But right. Um, yeah, if you have a regular publisher, you don't know, you know, that that doesn't necessarily happen. Yeah, Timothy Wolf, who is also
0: a self-pub author, I'm sure you know yeah. that. Uh, that was my biggest fear. I started writing book two months before book one was released, and I didn't want to risk over my head. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, no, write- I mean, so so the, the downside, of course, is you know, if you're with a major publishing house and you have a professional editor, they often know what they're doing. And more often than not, when they're making a suggestion about how to change your story, it's usually a good one right? So like, I mean, I can say, oh, it's nice that I don't have to listen to anybody. But to be honest, most of those people are trying to make your book better. They're not trying to take it away from you.
0: Trying and to sell copies. So, of heard, course.
1: You know? so, so, but you know, if you go to the professional publishing house, you have access to like all these people who, if you paid them out of your pocket, it would cost a lot of money. And they're yeah. your book they're trying to make it better, you know, for Absolutely. free. That's Marketing
0: job. is, is, a, is a, it was one heck of a feat, you know, my wife, yeah. Just For example, if she's a graphic designer. If she didn't pay people to market for her,
1: boy, that'd mm-hmm. be that'd
0: be a 24-hour a, a day job.
1: Yeah. Uh, so if
0: you guys sat on your side, you can't go wrong with that.
1: If Tor offered me a contract, i t- I mean, if any of the big publishing houses offer me a contract, I'd take it. Because the, just the marketing, just from being, you know, like you know, every month, you know, like all the big publishers release a list of their releases, and all the big book bloggers and booktubers look at that list, right? Mm. Just that, just that. Not even if they're advertised. Just the list they publish. That's a huge marketing thing. There's sure. all these booktubers who won't touch an indie book. You know, I sure. would. I don't books. get that. But, you know, but it's true, right? Like the big booktubers, they're not reviewing the biggest, right? Like Murphy Napier is not not yeah. reviewing a lot of indie stuff, right? And she, just by subscriber numbers, that's a big audience. I'm not saying Murphy the like book. I'm just saying if I was a tour, Murphy would have known who I am. Right. She'd have seen Solid my point. Book and she might have read my book, whereas right now she does not know who I am, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not criticizing Murphy Napier. I'm just using her as an example.
0: No, I get um, it for sure. You know, there's a lot of those booktubers that I love to watch. In fact, who got me inspired to do my own. Um, I've just found my personal niche to be more with indie authors. I enjoy it. I, I see the difference in the two, and and um I see the work and the Passion that's put into self-pub—not that people who are traditionally published don't have passion and desire to do so, but you know, I feel like anybody who's hearing what I'm saying right now understands my point, and it's just—I feel it's more deserving. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll get criticized because of that, but, yeah, but I, think I think somebody author- who puts everything on the line yeah. and deserves some people on their side.
1: I think I think you probably get just as much passion and stuff once you get guys who are really once you get authors who are really big. Like Brandon Sanderson can do whatever the hell he wants,
0: yeah, dude.
1: Right? Because if, if his publisher doesn't like it, he's gonna, oh, I can just go publish it myself, and he would, you know, and he can run a Kickstarter, right? So he, yeah, he's in a very privileged position, that's not normal. Um, uh, but I think a lot of midlisters feel a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety. And if you, you know, interesting comparison go on Twitter and follow a bunch of like midlist prof- traditionally published authors. And then go on Twitter and follow a bunch of indie authors, people like me, who aren't making any money, but we're indie. And the compare the tone of our tweets. And the midlist, the traditionally published midlisters are angry a lot more often because they're pissed off that they're not getting the support they want. They're not getting the yes, yeah, yeah. Daniel Green and Mike's book reviews uh, definitely did some self pub. But even even Mike only does the, like sort of the very biggest self pub.
0: Yeah, he does. Stuff.
1: I'm not criticizing you, Mike, but like, don't get me wrong. Like,
0: like facts are facts. You have to so whatever you want,
1: you know. But, uh, but, but don't worry. Uh, Tor's not offering me a contract, so like this is a hypothetical. <laughs> you
0: know? yeah, I, I, it, 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 I understand that. Um, and and I, it's crazy. I was also telling my wife earlier. I've read indie books that just blow my mind as far as mm-hmm. uh, the style of writing and the poetic writing or the intellectualism of the, um, the way that they present their words, because it's an art. It is, you know, there's a lot of author, authors you can read and it's just like the last book you read. Or you stumble upon that author that really is like, man, it's like, I got to read this aloud to my wife or my kids or whatever, just so maybe I can see their expression to to, to like, to, you know, I feel this certain way. I wonder if anybody else feel that way. And I'm sure that that's true.
1: There are people who write amazing sentences, right? That's prose to me,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Great
1: prose is when I can take a sentence out of your book and the sentence is beautiful, which is not something I claim for myself. I don't think I have great prose, but but that which is not, I'm not upset about that. That's just not what I'm doing. But uh, there's some phenomenal, the best indie writers are as good as the best traditional writers.
0: 100%.
1: The worst indie writers are much worse than the worst traditional writers. Like if you, the bottom of the barrel is very ugly. That's yeah, because I
0: think that's yeah, going to be expected.
1: Yeah, anyone can self publish a book, and so anyone does. So the mm. really bad ones are really atrocious, and that mm. unfortunately is part of the reason people look down on indie because mm. they can pick an example of a, like a really crappy book. Like, this would never come out of like tour, and like, you're right, you're right,
0: that's why they're not. Yeah, if you
1: just pick out a random indie book off of Amazon randomly. And read it. it. You're not. You're not going to have a good time. I've said this before, right? You might, right? But like, chances are not. Odds are not in your favor. But the best ones, you know, are 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 phenomenal.
0: Uh, yeah, they're just masterpieces, they're just, and it's like, just, how are just, you not?
1: They're just hitting a genre that like traditional doesn't know how to sell. Like, like, what's the best lit RPG book that came out of like Tor? There aren't any.
0: Right. Tor yeah. Absolutely.
1: Sell that RPG. Galance doesn't know how to sell an RPG. They don't sell any. Does that mean none of them are good? No. It just means that those editorial houses have no idea how to handle those. So they don't sell me. So if you want a good little RPG, you have to go indie. The not one I'm,
0: I'm looking at right now is uh, dungeon dungeon brawler, Carl, Carl,
1: Carl. Carl. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've heard.
0: I heard such good things about it. I hear that it's everything that this guy, I, I'm sorry. I don't know the author that wrote it, but um, I hear so much good stuff about that. I don't
1: know. Yes. I've heard, I've heard phenomenal things. Um, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, I don't think I, either I temperament for lit RPG myself, but I've read like, I've read like Cradle, like the progression fantasy. I love that stuff. Um, and even that, right. Crate, crate, Cradle's not coming out from, from, uh, Orbit or Tor he Self pubbed that, and he made a killing that's that, you know, you asked me who motivated me to, to write. That's yeah. one story, but Will White motivated me to self publish in a lot of ways. Because awesome. I have the arrogance, think well. If he can make money doing it, so can I. Which is totally like not true. <laughs> well, but- I feel
0: like it just takes that little bit of luck with the skill that I know you have because I've read your work, uh, along with the falling into the right hands. And just there is a like Ryan Cahill. You know, he he's very successful indie author, and in, you know he's he definitely writes great. He's got a great story. I love reading his books. Uh, there has to be a a, a variable of that right person getting a hold of that book and sending, I, you know what I mean?
1: Look, yes, I will. I, I, I don't want to be a whiner, right? Like I have been, by my standards, I am very successful. I have had many readers who enjoy my work, who have reviewed it, who have communicated with me. I am very pleased with what has happened. Would I like to break even on my publishing career? Mm-hmm. That would also be nice, you know? Like I would like that. Will that happen? I don't don't know. My plan is to keep pumping out books. And I'm hoping by the time book 12 comes out, people are going to be like, you have to read this series to more and more of their friends. And eventually, like the sales get to the point where it's paying for itself. You know, that's. that's I always
0: tell my wife, because she, you know, she works really hard as a graphic designer. I think tenacity and ambition has no chance or no choice, but to eventually pay off. I think that if you work as hard as you can and do the best that you can, it's impossible for you to quit. So, I don't know. I hope. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I hope if, you, if you could tell I'm your... Sorry. oh sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was going to say, like, I'm committed. So whether whether it works or not, I'm going to write my series, and I figure the worst case scenario, I've spent a lot of money on this hobby, and I have this book series that does what I want it to do, and I have people who have read it and who have, who have enjoyed it, and I will be happy. And, I will, and it's
0: going to outlive you. I yeah, think that's important.
1: the story I want to tell, and it's the way I want to tell it. And and like I, I can look with like you know, I can look on my Amazon webpage and I have can I can have pride. Like this is like the story I wanted to say. And the worst case scenario is, and I end up like not having but like people have hobbies they spend money on. Right. right? Like I could have bought a boat. Right. And like Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with a boat, you know, right? Like, like you spend a lot of money on the boat, you're not gonna make you're not gonna make it back, right? You just have a boat, and then I think that's a great point. There, right? So I'm like, you know, I, I I could have a drug habit, and I could snort all this money, <laughs> mm-hmm. but right? Out, I'm spending money on the art cover you see as the background. That's that's my that's my cocaine habit,
0: right there. I say that as a, a hobby or whatever you consider your work to be. It's a very um, lucrative investment because you're ch- you're giving people stories, and and I don't know if there's any better version of somebody's personality
1: or self. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's communication. It's you're creating a bond. Mm. And I, 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 if someone, if someone, if someone like, I, I always think of this one guy, um, um H, H. C., uh, 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 Newton. How oh, I forgot his last name. I, I feel like a schmuck. I'm sorry. He's uh, he does a, he has a blog, the irresponsible reader. And, mm-hmm. um, and like, he's like, um, uh, 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 uh he lives in like, um, Idaho, and 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 he's I think he's around my age. He lives in Idaho. He he blogs about like he blogs oh, about Oh yeah,
0: Brian Lee Durfee.
1: No, no, different guy. Oh, um HC. It's HC, no different guy. But he 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 doesn't he doesn't write, he's just a reader, but he he read Wistful Sending and he wrote this whole th- review where he just sort of got all the things I was trying to say in this book. And I'm like, I feel connected to this dude. Uh, there's no way in life I would ever have spoken one word to this guy. Right. Other than through this book. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm getting there That's in a very hard way, right? I have this connection and we've communicated on Twitter, but like honestly, I feel like I could go to his house and I'd be like, knock on his door, like, hey, I'm Joe. and He'd invite me in for a beer or something, right? That's I'm awesome. not going to do that. H.C., if you're watching, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'll tell you <laughs> first. But we We'll
0: like, show up tomorrow.
1: But we have this connection because, because the, the book and then the review and like I never would have met him. I Idaho. Like, I Idaho. You know, and uh, I, I I live I live just outside New York City, right? Like I just I don't I don't travel that much, so I don't know, you know. And there are all these people, HC Newton. You know what it is? There's a there's a there's a, a female writer whose first name who goes by HC Newell. Something else. Thank you, but Newell. 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 Yeah, yeah. I keep. I used. I can't it's like I have this brain fart, you know, or like I get the, the two names switched in my head, even though they're extremely different people. It's kind of funny. I'm sorry. It's
0: very easy to do. Absolutely. Especially with like, um, the HC part, you know, what? like just the right. abbreviation, you know, yeah. a lot of, uh, and a lot of writers do that. I actually really like that. Uh, kind of sounds really professional. I do it. <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, it took some research to find if I could just call you Joe, or if I had to call you JCM, I was like, that's awesome. He's got a real name. <laughs>
1: I had to think about it, like, that when I first did like an interview, I'm like, and someone called me Joe and I'm like, how did you know? And I'm like, oh, it's my Twitter handle. So it's not yeah. that hard to figure how out. How do you know me? I go by a like confused readers and I just gave up. I'm like, I don't care. Just call me no, Joe. I think when
0: you read JCM Byrne, you know, it sounds very, very professional and it sounds good off the tongue. and, and That's what I was going for. It's, it's, re- it's memorable. So I think you, you made the right choice. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That.
1: that was hard choosing like what name, like the name to go there. I wrestled. I spent like a week, two weeks, going back and forth, thinking about. It. I had no idea how to do it, and I. It's like the
0: second I, thing people look at, right? You get yeah. the cover art, and then they're like, "Who wrote this?" Yeah. So yeah. it's very influential.
1: Yeah, it's important, but I didn't know how to make that decision. You know, I was like, I don't know. and then someone was like, "Well, if you use your initials, then they won't know if you're male or female. So they won't have any preconceptions." And I'm like. Oh, that sounds good, or I'll go with that. And then I'm like, i like, like, okay, okay, it's not working because everyone's, you know, people see me on YouTube. And like, clearly, I'm presenting as male. You know, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, no, one's, no one's gonna be confused, but it, it all worked yeah. out. It
0: absolutely. Out. If there was one, I was excited to ask this question. I can kind of came okay. up with it last minute, but or, if there was one sci fi or space opera that you've read that I have to read before I die, what is it? I know, right? Don't you hate those questions? It's like like one of the 900 favorite books that you've got.
1: Uh, You know, it's uh, the first one that comes to mind is something like Dune. And but but I don't know that. I mean, there's there's different ways of looking at the question, right? Is it what's the best book is one way of looking at it. Like, what's the Hmm. best like sci-fi? I don't know the answer to that. But then you can look at it like what's the one that's sort of most important historically that was the most influential? And um, and, and 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 then there's like, okay, well, what's – some of the inf- some of the stuff that was really influential, you probably don't want to read. Like um, I've read like War of the Worlds by H.T. Wells, and it was huge. Like he basically invented science fiction as we know it. It was huge. Really? Well, like he had like aliens and like ray guns and stuff, and that stuff had never appeared before. But like that whole, it was, like, amazingly innovative. But That's like impressive. But, like, it really, no, I mean, this was, like, uh, uh, yeah, early 1900s, late 1800s, like, a long Are you serious? Period. Yeah, 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 H.U.L. Wow. um I, I think. I'm going to have to look it up now. I'm going to feel really bad. I'm not off by much. Um, But, like, I don't know if it's good by modern standards. You know, like, he was the first guy to do these things. But, you know, other people have done it better since then maybe you know,
0: appreciated
1: yeah so like from an historical perspective you know uh you could read that but i mean i would because it's like it's kind of, sort of you read it and you're like okay this is kind of repetitive mm. and whatever but like i can appreciate that it's so so original because it, it was the only one that was original you know um so i'm gonna have I, i'm probably gonna have to go with dune and i'm gonna think of some another one like like in the car later um, hey, I want product.
0: you to I want you to message me and let me know what it is because uh, <laughs> Dune Dune, a lot like Ender's Game, is is been on my list to like like the maybe sci fi's, but Dune is is high up there, so I'm definitely going to be buying that now.
1: So I'm going to say the same thing about both of those books. So there's a lot of Dune books, and I would not say you need to read them all. Mm-hmm. I would say Dune is really good. I really like the first four, but a lot of people don't. Like I'm in the minority, right? I like I like from Dune, um, uh, Children and Dune Messiah. I think it's, I forget the order. And then God Emperor of Dune, I really love. But God Emperor of Dune is a really weird book. I, I wouldn't tell anyone they have to read it. Dune, I really liked. Same thing with Ender's Game. Ender's Game is a I I thought it was a really nice book, a really good book. But um, I didn't feel the need to read all the others in the series because he wrote a bunch more. And you can stop at Ender's Game. Like, you know, if you want to read them, read more. I mean, whatever you want. I'm just saying, like, don't feel you need to read them all. And especially certain
0: ones that I feel like I have to read now that I'm like in this thing, if that makes sense. Like now that I've I know that I'm passionate about it, I want I want to read the best of the best. And like but if I were to
1: like as as a book, you know, booktuber with a channel and everything, like I imagine it's hard to resist like Wheel of Time, just because it's talked about so much. I don't love Wheel of Time. Like I like Wheel of Time, but I don't Mm -hmm. love it. I'm a much bigger Malaz- I'm a Malazan diehard. Like the. I'm about
0: diehard. to start *The Gardens of the Moon* myself. It's been much procrastination because I know that I can't like be reading anything else, but uh, I'm very excited.
1: I love those books. They just do so many things. There's so much stuff going on in there, and it's really nicely done. I love those books. Um, I mean, if if you could if, I could if I was stuck in a desert island for the rest of my life and I had one series to reread over and over, it would be Malazan. Oh, Plus, man. it's complicated. You could probably read it ten times and get more out of it each time.
0: Have I you think, read um, Hyperion by Dan Simmons?
1: Um, I liked it. Um, again, I felt the the sequels were not necessary. Like it didn't mm-hmm. add enough to the story. I would read. I I I wouldn't tell anyone not to read it. I I would say read Hyperion is fine. I don't know if I'd put it above Dune. Um, okay. Um, but um. Man, there's so much um I don't really th- you know I don't really think about these things um, in this way uh, 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 too much uh, I'm gonna think of something later I can think of a lot of comic book series um that I've read like science fiction comic like in a way like whistle sending is more inspired by like the cosmic comic book stuff than it is by science fiction novels it's a guy okay. punching chips right so like that's more of a like like Jim Starlin's warlock. Jim Starlin's a guy who basically like came up with like the infinity. I don't know if you're a Marvel movie guy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So he came up with like Thanos. That was Jim Starlin, like the infinity gauntlet, the infinity stones. That was all him in the early seventies. Like this was stuff. Even I read it as reprints, like not when it came out. Cause I was mm-hmm. born in 71. Um, but that stuff was hugely influential on me. Um, um, you know, the, the early, the Thanos storylines, uh, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 3 last night. I enjoyed
0: that. Oh, man, I can't wait to watch that. I've been seeing, like, the commercials and stuff. I, yeah, and that, I, that was my comparison is is just only based on one thing only, though, was the races. Like, you watch Guardian of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy, and there's so many different races. And it's like, how did you pull that off? Well, yeah. you do it very well in the book, and, and it's just as visual. Yeah. So where can viewers get the uh, – all of your books and you said September 12th, right?
1: September 12th. Yeah. Actually, um, the, the ebook is already up for pre-order if anyone wants to pre-order it, but I totally understand if you want to wait for the reviews to come out, that makes perfect sense. Uh, everything's on I'm Amazon exclusive. Okay. So um, when you, uh, when you are ready to publish, uh, your book, you need to have discussions with people about the right way to do that. And I'm not saying Amazon exclusive is the best way, but there are pluses and minuses to, That versus going wide where your book's available in other places, but there are disadvantages. It's a long story. You you, can imagine that that. conversation. We don't imagine.
0: Yeah, sure. I can imagine as an indie author, um, the positives and the pros for having all of your work in one place, um, highly advantageous uh, compared to I'm here and there and there and there and there.
1: There are downsides right now. Amazon's in control, so Amazon can decide to like cancel your books, and you're just screwed. You've lost your audience, yeah. right? Um, and there are other downsides, like um, like the the, the hardcover is um, it's naked, right? Like um, the 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 cover is printed on the um. There's no uh, shoot. What do you call it? like the slip cover? Yeah. You no know? dust cover. Yeah, the dust the dust jacket, right? Right, the dust jacket. There's no dust jacket, right? That's just this is how they print it. That's what they do. So, if you're Amazon exclusive, that's what you get. On the other hand, your book is on, can be on Kindle Unlimited, which has been a huge revenue source. So, it's a long story. Anyway, all my stuff's on Amazon. If you want to find me, you can go to jcmburn.com. I'll make it easy. Right. And, awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, I was going to say that's kind of what I was looking for right there. That one yeah. that one area where they can find all that
1: stuff. Yeah, so. that's my website. And I have a, a web guy. And Shadow of Hyperion's not up there yet, but it will be, I'm sure. At some point I'll tell my web guy, Oh yeah, I got a new book coming out. We gotta put it on the website. Um, awesome. I don't, I don't put and I have a YouTube channel at JCM Burn. So I try to be consistent.
0: <laughs> I'm just now learning that like I've got you on YouTube, but I haven't investigated you. Yeah, I've done like your Twitter a lot and Instagram, but so you do book book reviews also? No. no, okay, I misheard you. I'm so sorry. It's,
1: uh, no, 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 that's fine. It's probably my 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 channel is probably AuthorTube and not BookTube. I think I get on there and I have some topic in about books that I will just go on about. And I used to blog, and I realized no one was reading my blog, so if I made a video about it, I would get more people to read to watch the video. So it's sure. all topics, things like what's the difference between science fiction and fantasy? What's the difference between hard and soft science fiction? What's the difference between a hard and soft magic system? Um, those
0: are great topics.
1: Thank you. I made a video about each of those. <laughs> uh, why indie is better than tr- or can be better than trade? I had a video uh, of that. So I just get on and I and I and I and I, I give like uh, almost like a lecture, and uh, it, it, it's just it's just, it's usually it's more for me to just get it off my chest. Like I'll have some topic, it'll be like bugging me that someone will be like, what's the difference anyway? And I'm like, I'll tell you what the difference is. And it's like the only way to get it off my chest and stop like thinking about it is to like make a video or write an article and the videos just got more attention. I'm highly
0: interested in that. And I'm not just saying that. So as somebody who is coming into this full force who there's never going to be a time in the rest of my life. And I'm 100% sure of this where I'm not passionate about similar things that you are. And those are topics in which I don't think that there's ever an ending point in which you can learn based on perspective and all that.
1: So that's awesome to know. Well, you'll if you watch my videos, you'll get my perspective, and you may you may, you can disagree with me. That's fine, right? But um, but uh, I I I I'm am a former philosopher, right? By by trade. I studied it at the graduate level. So like this whole like de- defining terms and really examining what things really mean is like that's my that's my that's my wheelhouse, you know. So I love that. I, I think it's good stuff. I mean, obviously, I think it's good stuff. I don't know. Maybe people won't. Some people like it. That's fine. You know, uh, I, I'm not. Look, I mean, the, the YouTube channel is like, it's like, it's like a, that's a hobby, right? Sure. I mean, I, I think of myself as a writer and if I have YouTube videos and if some of them like get some views, that's great, but that's not, that's not the goal. The goal is, is the books.
0: Absolutely. You know? And it's great to I have those them. little outlets too. You know, if you've got a creative outlet that maybe helped you advance on the other creative outlet you have, or maybe I, I, help somebody on their journey to that.
1: And they do give me readers. Um, uh, Usman who did a, uh, uh, from Bards and Books, um, he watched my video on why I made uh, my main character of South because my main character is South Asian and I'm not like I'm 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 white like you know right. I look white but I also am white and I did a whole video on like why I did that and like what what were the concerns one way or the other and why I felt it was okay and he watched he was like oh this sounds interesting And so he read the books and I'm like okay he's so a really like,
0: intelligent dude like I like watching his stuff he's he's, he's a great. he's a good guy to have on your side so yeah he's time all the time.
1: He's fantastic.
0: So, yeah. I've, I've kind of went through um, most of all of the questions I had for you. Is there anything left? Maybe you want to uh, get out into the world before we kind of wrap things up.
1: Uh, gee, I it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> all right. No, I'm good. Thank you so much. It was such an honor to be on here, man. It was great.
0: Oh, man. I was so happy when you told me you'd do it because I'm, I'm really excited for you. September 12th, guys, make sure to Thank pick you. up that pre-order. He at Amazon, JoeBurn.com, right?
1: JCM JCMBurn.
0: JCMBurn.com. Yeah. That's his official website. And um, I couldn't be happier with how the interview went. And I'm really excited and honored that you came on. And I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you.
1: Thank you, man. Absolutely. You know where to find me.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Well, best of luck on your uh, publication release. And I hope you have a great night. And thanks again, man. <laughs>
1: you too my pleasure thank and you thanks man. for
0: the viewers guys uh thanks for watching beard of darkness book reviews and we'll see you next time oh wow